Hey everybody, you're listening to the Simple Power Podcast where we think practically about the presence and the power of God. I'm your host, Duke Lamastra, grateful to be so. I want to share something with you this week that's just really been on my heart about the mind of Christ. Just before we jump into it, let me do my plug thing at the beginning here. If you are interested in some more resources, you can check out my online media platform, Simple Power Media, at simplepowermedia.com. There you'll find all kinds of training, videos, and audios, and actual courses, and um, things like that that you can use to just go deeper in this area of experiencing more of God's presence and power in your personal life in practical ways. Uh, I will say that if this sounds a little bit different, I'm not using my normal setup. I've, I, we're, we're actually in yet another um, hurricane-induced power outage right now. So yeah, it's uh, it, we've had enough hurricanes this year for sure. Uh, but I don't have any power right now, so I'm just kind of doing this in a real primitive way with my cell phone. Anyway. Thank you guys for being here. Thanks for listening. Let's go ahead and jump into this. So first of all, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, verse that you might be familiar with, where at the end of that verse, the second half of that verse says that we have the mind of Christ. That's an incredible thing. I don't know if you've really spent much time thinking about that in your life or not, but we have the mind of Christ. That's an amazing thing, and it really deserves our attention. What does that mean? What does it mean that we have the mind of Christ? Because I don't know about you, but sometimes my mind is doing things and thinking things, and I can get into worry, and I can get frustrated and angry, and I can get up all up in my thoughts, and I can get into pity parties, and I can have some thoughts that are not always godly. And yeah, just for real, and I know that you probably identify with me at least somewhat on that, we don't always think the way that God thinks. You know, and even the Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 55, it tells us, God says, my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my thoughts higher than your thoughts. My ways higher than your ways, my thoughts higher than your thoughts. As high as the heavens are above the earth. Like, I don't know if you know, but I don't know how much higher the heavens are above the earth, but it seems pretty high, right? And so that's a big deal. He's like, look, my thoughts are so much higher than yours. It's like being in another world. It's like being in another realm. But I don't always think the way that Christ thinks. I'm not always operating in the mind of Christ. And I think that that's the key there. And what I really want to kind of focus on in this week's discussion, I'm going to try to be brief here, but the mind of Christ. It's interesting that we have the mind of Christ. We've received Christ, but there's this verse that I love. You've probably heard me talk about it before if you've been on like any episode because it's like my favorite verse ever. Colossians chapter 2 verse 6, the apostle Paul says, you have received Christ, so walk in him. Or as you have received Christ, so walk in him. You know, I can receive a gift. Like someone could hand me this Bible as a gift and I can receive this as a gift and I can say, thank you so much for this gift. And we can have conversations and I can talk about, oh, I have this great new Bible. It's leather. You know, it's, it's really nice. It's new King James, uh, you know, but it's just sitting on my shelf and I'm not really doing anything with it. So I can receive something, I can receive a gift and then never use it and never put it to use and then it doesn't actually do anything for me and there's no benefit there. We've received Christ, but as as we've received him, now we have to walk in him. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Christ literally died on the cross and gave up everything in order to give us everything. He became poor so that we could become rich 
he became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, right? But if we just look at those things as these like spiritual, up in the cloud, ethereal, philosophical, whatever things, then we don't actually get to experience what it is. Like when Jesus said in Ephesians chapter 2, not Jesus, when Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6 that you are seated with Christ in heavenly places, if we just look at that and say, oh, well, that's a really nice spiritual truth, or that's a really, you know, nice spiritual thing that the Bible says, but it doesn't really mean anything for my life. No, everything in this book is supposed to be for your life and experience. God wants you to experience him. He wants you to experience his presence. He wants you to experience his power. He wants you to experience his goodness and everything that he has for you. He wants you to have an experiential relationship with him, not where we just talk about things and point to things and then they don't actually have an impact or an effect on our daily lives. And so Paul's like, you've received Christ, so walk in him. We've received the mind of Christ. We have his mind. He lives on the inside of us, all of him. He lives within us. And so we have his mind, but we need to begin to use it and to walk in it. You know, around here, when we teach salvation, we talk about how salvation is actually a three-part process. You were saved, you are being saved, and you also will be saved completely. And the fullness of your salvation comes when Jesus returns. And the Bible talks about how when he, when he comes back, that we'll be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, that we'll actually receive resurrected bodies. First Corinthians chapter 15 talks about the resurrected body that you'll receive one day. It's going to be awesome. You will be like Jesus. Um, you will receive a resurrected body that will never die. It will never pass away. You're not going to be floating around or flying around on wings up in heaven or floating around on some cloud. You will actually have a body for all of eternity. There's this fullness of the redemption that happens at the second coming of Jesus Christ where we are made like him. But we also have been saved. If you received Jesus, you accepted him. According to Romans 10, 9, you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. You were born again. And when you were born again, that literally means to be born from above. The spirit of God himself came to set up residence within you and your spirit was made alive. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. You were made alive. Your spirit was perfected. I don't know if you realize that or not, but your spirit was perfected. Your spirit man does not have a problem. Your spirit is the very place, the dwelling place of God. You are the dwelling place of God on earth. But there's this thing called your mind or your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, your mental faculties, your ability to reason, your ability to think, your ability to make decisions. And that's what Paul talks about in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the way that I look at that, we always have two options. We can either be conformed to this world or we can be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So let's just think about this really practically. You 
you, you're having an issue with your car, you take your car to the shop and they tell you that the problem's way worse than you thought it was. It's like a transmission thing. It's going to cost you $2,000. You might as well just get rid of the car because it's not even worth that much. And you don't have the money. You need your car to get to work. It's a problem, right? And so now you're dealing with this thing. Now in that moment, you have a decision to make and you can either be conformed to this world, to this world's way of thinking. That word world is the original Greek word uh, eon, and it refers to this age, this present age, this world system. And what that really means is the philosophical way of thinking of this world. So you can be conformed into this world's way of thinking. You can get into fear. You can get into frustration. You can get into doubt. You can get into all these things. Or you have this other choice now as a child of God because you have the mind of Christ. You've received Christ. So now you can walk in him where you are actually transformed by the renewing of your mind. And when you allow your mind to be renewed, let me just tell you, the renewed mind is coming more and more into alignment with the mind of Christ. So you've received the mind of Christ, but now you need to walk in him. You need to begin to function in the mind of Christ, responding the way that Christ would respond. Would Christ get into fear because his car was broke down? Of course not. What would he do? He would think from a heavenly perspective. You know, I think that a lot of times we could look at verses like that, like that verse that talks about the renewing of our minds, and we can think on a very surface level with it and be like, okay, well, that means I'm not supposed to think bad thoughts. I'm not supposed to think evil against somebody else. I'm not supposed to be thinking about, you know, sexual thoughts and, you know, getting into all these different kinds of things. That's very surface level. What it, to have your mind renewed, What it actually means is not just to change your thoughts as far as individual thoughts, but the way that you think. So instead of thinking from an earthly perspective, we think from a heavenly perspective. I know people like to throw this phrase around, well, don't be so heavenly minded that you're of no earthly good. And I just say, show me that in the Bible. My thing is, I think we need to be as heavenly minded as possible because the more heavenly minded we are, now I understand what they mean. I understand they're talking about, you know, don't just be floating up in the clouds and be so like super hyper ultra spiritual that like you people can't have a real conversation with you. I get that and I'm on board with that. All I'm saying is that that hyper spiritualization of stuff, that's not actually heavenly minded. That's somebody who's earthly minded trying to be heavenly minded. All right, but when we're actually heavenly minded, when we think from heaven's perspective, like when we look at a, a few pieces of bread and, and, and a few fish and we've got thousands of people to feed, the solution for earthly minded people, like at the time the disciples, their solution was, well, let's send them away so they can go home or they can go into town and they can buy their own food to eat because we don't have the resources for this. But Jesus, from with a heavenly mindset, a heavenly mentality, with the mind of Christ, he responds, he says, no, you give them something to eat. And then what did they do? What did he do? He took the, the bread, he blessed it, he broke it, and they began to distribute it. And, and a miracle happened, something miraculous happened, and all of the thousands of people that were there, they ate, and then they had all these baskets full of leftover fragments. Why? Because Jesus was not operating in an earthly mentality, but in a heavenly mentality. The beginning of, of Colossians chapter 3, the, fir- the first three verses there, I absolutely love it. And, and, and the Apostle Paul 
is like, look, don't set your mind on things of the earth. Set your mind on things above. Why? Because you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. You're not just this regular earthly person anymore. So stop thinking so earthly minded. Get your mind to come into alignment with his way of thinking, with God's way of thinking, with heaven's way of thinking. So that when heaven has an agenda, you get to step into it and be a part of the miracle working process. Why? Because your mind is being renewed. Your mind is coming more and more into alignment with the way that God thinks, with the way that heaven thinks. It's really interesting that word there, transformed, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So let's just break that down a little bit. So we are transformed as our minds are renewed. We're transformed by the renewing of our minds. So the more that our minds are renewed, which again, I believe that just means coming more and more into alignment with his way of thinking, with God's way of thinking, with the way that Christ thinks, operating more and more in the mind of Christ. I mean, your mind can't be more renewed than the mind of Christ, right? So But again, it's a renewing process. It's not just like, okay, your mind is renewed and that's it. No, your spirit came alive. Your spirit was perfected. Your spirit is the dwelling place of God on earth. But now our mind and the way that we think and reason and imagine and all these different things, it's our job under grace to bring these more and more into alignment with God's way of thinking. And as we do that, as our minds are renewed and we become more and more like Jesus, now we are transformed. And that word transformed is a really cool word. That word transformed is actually the Greek word. I'm not totally sure if this is exactly how you pronounce it, but the the phonetic spelling of it is metamorpho. And if you can hear the word metamorphosis in there, it's actually the the etymology. Like if you look up the word metamorphosis in the dictionary, you'll actually see this little uh, gr next. Well, depending on what kind of dictionary, yeah, I don't know if they all look the same, but the ones I've looked in, this is how they look. This little gr. It's it comes from it, the gr stands for Greek. It comes from this Greek form of this word metamorpho and that was the word that was that that the the text of that bible was originally written in be transformed be metamorphosed by the renewing of your mind and if you think about metamorphosis for a moment what is metamorphosis the most common thing that we think about with metamorphosis is a caterpillar turning into a butterfly Now you have a caterpillar and this caterpillar lives the first half of its life. I don't know how long that is. As a caterpillar, as this creepy, you know, slug looking type thing crawling across the ground. But within that caterpillar, within the framework of the DNA of that caterpillar, from the moment of its inception into the world, that caterpillar had within its DNA the programming to transform into that butterfly. So what does the caterpillar do? At a certain point in its life, it goes undergoes this process of transformation, this process of metamorphosis. It gets into the cocoon and crazy stuff happens. And then when that caterpillar emerges from the cocoon, now it's got wings and it's this beautiful butterfly that can fly and we think they're majestic and all these things. Like you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even recognize the two. Like it was, the transformation that took place was so drastically different that the caterpillar literally became other. And that's what that word means. To be transformed, it means to become other. It's actually the same 
word that was used to describe when Jesus was transfigured, transformed, transfigured, same original Greek word, metamorpho. Jesus was transfigured before three of his disciples on that mountain. And what happened? That basically he was unveiled. He was revealed for who he really was. They saw the glory of God radiating and shining from him, that it was like lightning was coming off of him. Like, I'm sure it was an incredible thing. And But it was, he became other. But it's not that he became God in that moment. It's not that he became holy in that moment. It's not that he became somebody different in that moment. He was and is and always has been all of that all of the glory of God. But what was within him in that moment was revealed in a way that they hadn't seen before because they had only seen him in flesh as far as human flesh as a man. But he wasn't becoming something different in that moment. He was just being revealed. And so as you are transformed, choosing not to come into alignment with this world's way of thinking, Choosing not to come into alignment with the world's way of thinking in terms of limitations and struggles and fear and all of these different things that people and the world and your past and just all these things that try to get put on you. Choosing not to come into alignment with those things, but instead choosing, because it is a choice, to undergo this process of transformation by the renewing of your mind as you choose to think more and more like Jesus thinks, to think more and more like heaven thinks, and you are transformed. But what's really happening in that transformation process, remember, the metamorphosis, that which is becoming seen, that transformation that's coming out of you and becoming visible, it's already there. It's already within you. You're not actually becoming somebody different. Jesus already took care of that when he died on the cross, when he, when, he, when he was buried, when he rose from the dead, when he was glorified at the right hand of the Father. Jesus' work on that cross is already finished. He finished it a long time ago. And so when you gave your life to Jesus and you accepted his free gift of life and salvation and righteousness and everything that he died in order to secure for you, you actually have received it. You've received Christ. Now it's a matter of walking in him. That which is within you already is being progressively revealed through you as you bring your thinking more and more into alignment with his way of thinking. My other favorite verse is 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 and the apostle Paul says, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, we are transformed into the same image from glory to glory. So it's like we're beholding the glory of the Lord. We are beholding Him. We're beholding Jesus. We're gazing upon Him. We're focusing on Him. We're directing our attention and our focus toward Him. How do we do that? We do that through worship. We do that through getting in His face. We do that through the study of His Word because in His Word, He's revealed to us. Jesus came to show us the Father and Jesus is the Word. And so as we spend time in the Word of God, He's revealed to us. And so we see who the Father is. All of that is this process of beholding Him. But as we behold him, the Bible says, it's like looking in a mirror. 
It's like looking in a mirror. We're beholding him as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. And what happens? We are transformed into that same image. So we're gazing upon Jesus. Look, I always say this. You always become like what you worship. You become like what you focus on. You know, you spend enough time with a person or a group of people. You eventually become like them. You'll Maybe you don't believe me, but you'll start to do it. Like, I notice I spend a lot of time with my wife and we talk a lot. We say a lot of the same things now. I, I, I recognize in me that I say things like she says them now. I talk like her, right? And so you spend time with somebody. You spend your, your time engaging with somebody. Things rub off. You, you start to become more and more like that person. But as you behold the Lord, it's as in a mirror. You're beholding his glory and you are transformed into the same image from glory to glory. It's from glory to glory. So it starts out glorious and then it gets more glorious and then it's more glorious and more glorious. Why? Because of that process of transformation where he is being revealed more and more in you, where you're coming more and more into alignment with his mind, with his way of thinking. You've received Christ. So more and more now you're beginning to walk in him. And so it's this revelation unfolding through your life. You know what's really cool? That's actually the same word. Um, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind from Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It's that same word used in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. We're transformed into the same image from glory to glory as we behold him. So as we behold the one, as we behold his goodness and his glory, as we recognize who he is more and more, as we study his word, as we see the kind of God that he is, as we taste and see that the Lord is good, right? That there's this process of transformation, but it's that metamorpho, it's that metamorphosis, it's that becoming other, it's that progressive revelation, that progressive unfolding of that transformation that happens as we look upon him, as we gaze upon him, as we see him for who he really is. Because as we do that, our mindset, the way that we think, the way that we act, the way that we reason, the way that we make decisions more and more just comes into alignment with who he is and with his way of thinking. And that is the foundation for a life of power, a life of miracles, a life of not living according to the limitations of this world, not living according to the limitations of of your past and what you've been through and what kind of family you grew up in and how much money you have and whatever else. But we don't live according to those limitations. That's conforming to this world's way of thinking. But we, on the other hand, we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. There is no limit. There are no limitations with God. Nothing is impossible. That day the disciples would have thought that they were very limited. We have very limited food. We're not going to be able to feed all these people. But Jesus is like, no, no, no. You guys give them something to eat. And they stood upon that word. And then something happened. Something happened in that moment where they they became a part of something miraculous that happened through them. And if you look and if you look at the disciples progressively throughout the gospels, You'll see things like that where they were like, no, that doesn't make sense. How can we do this? But then nevertheless, at your word, I'll do this. And they respond, right? Like just over and over again, over and over again, where there may have been some doubt or there may have been some confusion or there may have been some of this. Well, I know that I don't have what it takes to do that, but 
Jesus is telling me. I've seen him do some pretty amazing things. So let's just respond. Let's be obedient. Let's have faith. And progressively, as they do that, and as they walked with him, they just learned more and more to the point where we get into the book of Acts. And now Jesus is gone in terms of his being present physically. But now he lives inside of every single one of them. And this is the statement that was made really against them. But, uh, but it's actually a testimony that these people, these, these disciples turned the world upside down. They turned the world upside down. That is the result. That's the result of having your mind renewed. Remember Romans chapter 12, verse 2, one more time. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, that's the uh, New King James Version, but that word prove is literally the word approve. That the more and more that your mindset, that your way of thinking comes into alignment with His, your mind is renewed and you are being transformed more and more into the image of the, uh, the image that you are created in, the image of the one that created you. As that happens, you position yourself to be able to approve the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And, and I know that it's not, it's not the kind of thing where we have to approve his will because he needs our approval. He doesn't need your approval. He doesn't need my approval. But it's by approval, what happens is we get to stand on earth in partnership agreement with heaven and stand with him and basically declare amen to everything that God desires. So now, as our thinking is in alignment with his, we see a problem, but we recognize, hold on, I'm not limited by that problem. And even if I'm limited by that problem, God's not limited by that problem. So now I get to look at that problem through the eyes of heaven instead of through the eyes of a fallen world system, but I get to see it through the eyes of heaven, through the way that God thinks, because I'm beginning to think like he does. And so now I say, you know what? I see this problem. I see this issue. Uh, you know, I see this uh, problem in my neighbor's life. I see this problem in my family. I see this sickness. I see this poverty. I see this disease. You know, I see this broken relationship. I see this marriage that's moving toward divorce. I see whatever this problem is that's in front of me. And instead of looking at it from a fallen, worldly perspective, my mind's been renewed. Uh, I'm still in this process, but my mind is being renewed. I'm thinking more like he thinks. And so now I can begin to approve his good and perfect will. So I'm like, okay, well, it's not God's will that, that this marriage be broken up. It's not God's will that you die with this sickness. It's not God's will that you live with this issue for the rest of your life. And so we're going to stand in agreement and you get to take authority and step into the authority and walk in the anointing that he's given you as you've received Christ. So walk in him. The more your mind is renewed, and again, it, it comes down to bringing your mind the way that you think more and more into alignment with heaven's way of thinking so that you can begin to see problems, not from your perspective, not from earth's perspective, not from limitation perspective, but from God's perspective. And that is where incredible things happen as you begin to partner with the heart of God, approving his good and acceptable and perfect will, standing in agreement with God on earth as it is in heaven, and things begin to shift and change, and you'll begin to see breakthrough happen in your life and through you like never before. 
All right, well, hey guys, thanks so much for taking the time to check out the episode this week. Really means the world to me that you're here. Make sure that you check out simplepowermedia.com if you're interested in some more resources. And hey, if you got anything out of this episode, if it blessed you or ministered to you in any way, please uh, help me out, help the channel out by sharing it with somebody that you think could benefit from it as well. Thank you so much, guys. You have an awesome week. Be safe, and I'll see you next time.